Open your Bibles with me, please, to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is our reading in the Psalms this morning. Our beloved brother Paul will refer to the fourth verse in the fourth verse of Romans chapter 3. I want to take just three thoughts out of Psalm 51. I'll tell them to you before we read it, and I'll mention them to you after we read it. The first thought is found in verses 3 and 4. In verses 3 and 4, David vindicates God entirely. He knows that he was the sinner and that God is righteous in all that he says and does in the way of judgment. Verses 3 and 4 say, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, Have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest? The first thing David did was vindicate God, that God is righteous, true, just, fair, equitable, in the way that he declares his judgments and the way he executes them, because David knew he was the sinner, and what was happening to him in his life was well-deserved because of his transgressions. The second thing we want to observe is that David knew he had started out his existence that way. In the fifth verse, he said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. That is not saying that his mother committed fornication or adultery for the conception of David. That is saying that David understood himself to be, from the moment of conception, a sinner, depraved in his nature. So instead of wanting to call God's nature into question, he declares facts about his own nature, which is how we ought to view our relationship with God. The third thing I want you to notice is found in the sixth verse, and in verses 16 and 17, where it tells us how we can have peace with God and what God expects from us. Verse 6, Behold, another behold. Thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. You should understand this verse in light of the the last two verses of Romans 2, which condemned outward circumcision. Because it's inward circumcision of the heart that matters with God. That's what God wants. Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. He doesn't want it from our lips. He wants it first of all from our hearts. And then in 16 and 17, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. You ask me, what is a broken and a contrite heart? Read Psalm 51. And have the same attitude and express the same words in your heart that is a broken and a contrite heart. This is where David described it and showed it himself by illustration. Let us read Psalm 51 together. Let's stand and worship the Lord with this psalm. Together in unison. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity, 
and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. For Psalm 51, God made an everlasting covenant with this man. He was guilty of the blood of Uriah the Hittite, as he mentions in the 14th verse. He was guilty of taking the man's wife, as we can read about in Second Samuel. But he reduces himself to hang by one thread, by the God of glory. And that is God's mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. He does not appeal to anything he has done, is doing, or will do. He appeals to God's mercy. And God is merciful to those who hang by the thread of his mercy. If you're looking for a foundation under you that you want to lay, there is no such thing. There is no foundation that can be laid except the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And if you add wood, hay, or stubble to that, it's going to be burned up. Three things. Let me repeat them to you. It's the third verse and the fourth verse. David vindicated God by declaring it's my transgression. For those of you that want a very short reminder because of the use of verse 3, look at the use of the noun cases for the singular first person pronoun for David. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. There's David in the first person, singular pronoun, using an objective case, a genitive case, a genitive case, and an objective case in one verse. I am not chasing a rabbit. He isn't blaming God for his sins. He isn't blaming anyone else for his sins. He isn't blaming his mom and dad for not bringing him upright and not getting him a better education. He's not blaming the kids that he hung out with in school. He's not blaming his teacher. He's not blaming the government for not giving him enough. He's blaming himself. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Nothing else was before David. That's a broken heart. Against thee. And thee only have I sinned. It wasn't Uriah, and it wasn't Bathsheba, and it wasn't his little children. It didn't matter if his little children saw their father commit adultery and all the horrible consequences that that wrought in David's life. That was not the issue. The real issue, the overwhelming issue, is that he sinned against the seventh commandment of the holy God of heaven. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. I see all this, David said. I am the culprit. And I've done it against thee. Therefore, that isn't here, but there's a conclusion being drawn. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And had God spoken against David... You're going to have wars for the rest of your life. Your family's going to break your heart and tear you up, including your prized son Absalom and the love child you had with Bathsheba, I'm going to kill. That thou mightest be justified in thy sayings when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Clear, not plain and easy to understand. Clear, no fault. There is no fault in you. You'll need this for Romans 3. The second thing he declared was, I was shaping in iniquity and incended my mother conceived me in the fifth verse. Therefore, I'm just a wicked sinner by nature. And I I see that and I know that about myself. Therefore, God have mercy upon me. And he he reads down through, you, you can read down through these verses of David describing the fact that he needs God to do everything to restore him, that he's unable to do it himself. The sixth verse brings us to the third point. that I'm repeating myself because I want you to, to grasp what the psalm is really teaching us that will fit with Romans 3. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. It's too bad that Paul could not rest content with Romans chapter 2 and verse 29, that the Jews would have been humbled by the first and the second chapters and would have called upon God in mercy to save their souls. But instead, they're going to come up with wicked, scornful, skeptical objections, and he's going to tear them apart for it over the next 19 to 20 verses of chapter 3. He will grab all the loose ends of the skeptical minds of sinners who are guilty but who don't want to repent 
of their folly. This is repentance right here. This is the way they should have responded. And Romans 3 wouldn't have had to have been written. And we need to ask ourselves, am I like this? Or am I like those in Romans 3 that keep asking questions? Why? 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 You don't need to know why. God is the potter and you are the clay. Who are you to reply against God? If He wanted to make you without arms, He is holy and right and just and perfect. Isaiah 45, I'll show it to you. You desire truth in the inward parts. 16 and 17, you don't desire sacrifice. He doesn't desire this church assembly. Unless we get our hearts right first, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. Those are the ordinances of the Old Testament church. But David knew God did not delight in the ordinances of the Old Testament church that he himself had ordained. Unless it began with a heart, then he loves it. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. If you ever have one thought that I am too small, my repentance is too weak, God doesn't see me or know me, I can never be an Enoch. You are wrong, and you have opened up your heart to the devil himself. Why don't you just light a candle in a dark closet and pray to Lucifer? You have opened up your heart to the devil to think those kind of thoughts. Because the Word of God says that this kind of a sacrifice of a broken and a contrite heart, thou wilt not despise. Don't let the devil lie to you with a fiery dart in your heart. Hold up the shield of faith and believe the promises of God. God will not despise that. If you come to Him and tell Him, I'm a sinner, I was born in sin, I still have sinful desires, save me by your mercy. I'm a fool. He'll never despise you. Never despise you. He never turned away any sinner that came to him like that. The New Testament shows us the Lord Jesus Christ receiving sinners, and so many of them, even Saul of Tarsus. Thou wilt not despise. Verse 19, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. Once we get everything right in our heart, then we can come into the house of God and worship the way we should. May the Lord bless Psalm 51 to our hearts and minds. He is one holy God, and your sins don't affect anyone compared to the way they affect Him. And He's going to hold us accountable for them, except we have a Savior in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it is our duty this day to repent of our sins and to cleanse ourselves before Him and to put away all our sins and to come before Him with a broken heart. He'll not despise it then we can give him the worship that he deserves. Amen.